Welcome to episode eight of the Curvy Girl Resale Podcast. My name is Bria Swearingham and I am a full-time reseller on Poshmark. So today I wanna talk about some different strategies I use to make sales. And I wanna start by saying a few weeks ago, the week of June 3rd through June the 9th specifically. specifically. Um, I skipped last week because it was Father's Day and I was just kind of sad missing my dad. Um, but So I didn't get a chance to talk about the good sales week that I had. Um, but the week of June 3rd through the 9th, I had the best sales day I've had since I joined Poshmark in late July of 2018. And You know, I'll also say it really took me a while to get my footing as a reseller. And honestly, the first six months, I literally felt like I was just spinning my wheels. Um, I know that people say, you know, all the information is out there for free. You just need to look for it. Um, And they're right. You know, that's great advice. The problem is when you're new, you may not know, you know, what kind of questions you should even be asking. So for me, that answer was always frustrating. So like I said, the first six months, I literally felt like a hamster on a hamster wheel, going around in circles, and you know, frustrated doesn't even begin to cover how I felt. But I will say, my hard work feels like it's starting to pay off, because Thursday, June the 6th, I sold 12 items in one day, for a total of $226 in sales. My average sale price was about $18 and my cost of goods on those items sold ranged from one to $4. And typically I do sell about two to three items a day. um, So you can understand why I am overjoyed to have sold 12 things in one day. And having such a great sales day got me thinking about how I actually make sales on Poshmark. And so today I want to share with you some strategies that I use to make sales. And I did share this in an Instagram post a few weeks ago, but I wanted to create a podcast episode so that I could dive a little deeper into some of the specific strategies I use. Um, There's only so much you can, only so much information you can give within an Instagram post. And with the podcast episode on this specific topic, I can delve a little deeper um, into each into each topic. Um, If you are not new to Poshmark, you know what a fickle beast it can be sometimes. One day you're making, you know, multiple sales and it feels like your closet is on fire. The next day there are literally tumbleweeds blowing by your closet. And even for me, it frustrates me to no end, y'all. You know, I can do the exact same activity every day, and some days I'll sell five things, and then the next two days is radio silence with the exact same amount of sharing, following, listing, yada, yada, yada. But for me, I can't, I can't focus on that. The more consistent I am, the more consistently I see results. So that's what I'm going to focus on um, because that's the thing that I can actually control, my activity level. And I, I know it's really hard to be motivated to keep doing all the work when you're not making sales. But as any reseller will tell you, that's the time where it's especially important for you to just dig your heels in and continue being consistent and continue putting the work in. It's not easy. It's the time where you're the most discouraged. You're like, why would I keep putting activity into this when I'm not seeing any results? But sometimes it just, you just got to keep, you know, you got to keep putting stuff in and eventually you will start getting your results. 
So here are the strategies I use to make sales on Poshmark. Now, another thing I will say is you may hear people say, you know, strategy A, B, or C doesn't work, but I don't usually accept what other people say, quote, doesn't work until I've experimented with it for myself and collected my own data. Um, And friends, doing something for one day and not seeing results does not mean it doesn't work. It just means you probably need to do it for more than one day so that you can have a good bit of data on whether it actually works or not. I see this all the time. People will try something once and they're like, that doesn't work. I'm like, but like, how many times did you try it? Because any salesperson will tell you sales is a numbers game. And so if you, the more you do, the more chance you have of actually like being successful. So um, run your own experiments on Poshmark and see what you think helps you make sales because all of these strategies I'm about to list have resulted in sales for me. And I think people get very wrapped up in wanting it to be one thing that causes you to make sales on Poshmark, but in my experience, it's usually multiple things working together. Now, I do think that some things are higher priorities than others, um, so we'll talk about that, but I still, it's not just one thing, but it would make sense that it's not just one thing because in any business, it's not just one thing that makes you success. If you have an online um, marketing business and you teach other people how to be marketers, it's not just one thing that you're going to do to get customers into that marketing business. You have to, you know, create content. You have to set up an email list. You have to email your email list. You have to make sure that your calls to action are correct. And when people are clicking on a link, it's taking them to the page that is probably going to result in a sale for you. So it don't get so wrapped up in wanting it to be one thing that's going to make you be successful as a reseller because it's not. It, it's not and it won't ever be. And if you need it to be one thing, then you should probably not <laughs> do this business. So strategy number one list 20 to 40 new items a week and daily listing is what is recommended for keeping the algorithm happy Um, but I will say as a mom sometimes I need to do bulk listing and that's what works for me Um, the day I sold 12 items I listed 17 items that morning and Honestly, I do swap back and forth between daily listing and bulk listing. It just depends on what kind of week I'm having with my boys at home with me. And so like this week, they're gone to the beach. And so I will probably be able to stick to a more... um a strategy of where I do more daily listing, but because I have less um, distractions because my kids aren't here and I miss them and I'm sad, even though they've only been gone for a day. Um, (laughs) I'm so extra, but whatever. All right. um, So list 20 to 40 new items a week and, you know, listing daily or listing in bulk listing is just it is a top priority. I don't get so wrapped up in, oh, I need to list daily or I need to list in bulk. I just do whatever's going to work for me at that time because most of my listings don't sell within 30 days of listing them. Um, So what I'm doing in June is probably going to affect what kind of July I have. And what I'm doing in July is probably going to affect what kind of August I have. So just keep that in mind. Um, You know, and I also have heard people say, 
Um, I've read this, not say, but I've read, I, I have read so many comments in so many Facebook groups, like my eyes start to cross, but I have been like in the comment section of some like Facebook groups where a few people have said, you know, I have a thousand items listed and I make one sale a day. Now, at that point, you need to reevaluate because then listing is not your problem. Something else is your problem. You know, did you pick up any and everything you could get your hands on and now you have a bunch of junk listed? Um, are your prices too high? Did you check comps to see what the items your listing have sold for? Um, because you also have to think about too, we are selling used clothing. We are not selling brand new clothing. And so just because you want to sell an old navy top for $20 does not mean the market's going to pay you $20 for an old navy top. So keep that in mind. You th And this is why I do think it's important to look up comps. I don't always do this. I just kind of am a... Um, I want to see if it's going to work. And then if it doesn't, okay, that's a loss. But not everybody has that kind of money to like waste on learning. Um, waste, not waste, because it's not really wasted money if you've learned a lesson. But I hope you guys get what I'm saying. Like, I have a little bit more expendable income. So I prefer to buy stuff and then see if it's going to sell because I'm too lazy to look up comps. And then so I learn by doing. But if you're like, man, I really don't want to waste $5 because I don't know if this is going to sell or not, then comps are your friend. Um, so yeah, and if you know, so thinking about are your prices too high? What about the lighting for your pictures. You know, the, these are all questions that you really want to ask if you have a ton of listings, like over a thousand, but you're not making any sales. Um, do you have too much, like, you know, for example, kids' clothes don't really sell for much. Now, if you're a seller that's blowing it up selling kids' clothes, then you need to come on and like teach us all how to do that. But generally, kids' clothes don't sell a bunch. So if you've got a bunch of kids' clothes at the top of your closet, then that may be dragging down the perceived value of your closet because if, if I come into your closet and all I see is kids' clothes, I'm probably going to leave because I just assume like you're a kid's store and I don't need kids' clothes. I, you know, um, so those are all just things to think about. So strategy number two, self-share your closet two to three times a day. Um, now, could I share my closet more than this? Yes. Um, but with 350 active listings, I need to maintain my sanity and sharing more than that right now is really the struggle because self-sharing is the most tedious part of the whole process. Um, however, you know, for success on Poshmark, self-sharing is a must for making sales. And I'm not to a place yet where I really want to outsource that. Um, I need to be making a little bit more money each month before I outsource. And honestly, when I do outsource, it's probably going to be to my um, eight, almost nine-year-old um, because I don't know if I'm comfortable outsourcing that to a person that's not um, outsourcing that to a person that I can't supervise like what they're doing inside of my account. Um, there are plenty of people who outsource self-sharing. And I will say, if you are going to outsource self-sharing to a VA, it must be a VA that is within the U.S. Because if it's not, your account will get flagged. So just make sure that, yes, you can use a VA, but it needs to be a VA that's within the U.S. or Poshmark will flag your account. So I will say, too, if you don't have time for anything else, self-sharing your own personal items should be at the top of your priority list. Um, if you're new 
The reason self-sharing is important is because when you share one of your listings, it shares it to your followers, but more importantly, it puts it at the top of search. Um, the data isn't really clear on where community sharing an item puts it in the search rankings. So it's really important that you share your own items first, but I still do think community sharing is important because, you know, in a platform where they want you to community share, it's kind of selfish to just share your own things. <laughs> um, now, if I have listed new items and self-shared my closet and I still haven't made a sale, then I try out my other strategies. And for me personally, I don't always sell the most on-trend items. So sometimes self-sharing isn't enough um, if no one is actually searching for that item. Sometimes I have to go out and find my, and find my own buyer, um, hence my other strategies. So strategy number three, take a few minutes to welcome, um, take a few minutes each day to welcome new users. I started welcoming new users when I realized that a good bit of the sales I make come from people who are relatively new to Poshmark. Um, if you go back and look at your last few sales, um, look at your buyer. One of the ways you can tell if they're new is, do they have anything in their closet? You can also click their about section and it will tell you when they joined Poshmark. So that tends to be my own personal experience. So when I'm welcoming new users, um, I take time to welcome them and I give them a few tips on how to use the app. And, you know, some people are like, well, that's a waste of time. You can't directly correlate it to sales. And what I would say to that is keep in mind that sales is a relationship. And so for me, it's a great way to initiate a conversation with potential customers and then educate them on the way that Poshmark works. Um, I welcome them. I tell them how the offer feature works because I want them to come and make an offer. Um, and to save time, I have a message saved in the notes section of my phone that I literally just copy and paste into the comments part of their Meet the Posture listing. So that's another strategy that you can use. Strategy number four, utilize the offer feature to send offers to likers. And I try to send an offer within 30 minutes of somebody liking an item. Um, I've experimented with sending offers immediately um, and waiting to send offers once a week. And I have the best response rate when I send offers immediately. You know, some people will say, well, I'm using offers to likers and it's not working for me. But my question is, how often did you try it before you decided it didn't work? And they usually say, oh, I tried it like three or four times and I got no response, so I quit doing it. Um, for me personally, I have to send out about 10 to 15 offers to likers to get one sale. And that may seem like a lot and too much work, but for me, it really isn't. Like, this is my business. This is my full-time job. Nothing is, quote, not worth my time. It's all worth my time. Um, and if I know my numbers, then I know I need to go generate some likes, either by self-sharing, community sharing, or following people in order to generate likes, which then helps me generate a sale because I can send offers to likers. And one of the best things I ever learned about sales is just that, you know, I've said this to you guys before, sales is a numbers game. So if you know how many likes you need to generate to generate one sale, then that's data that can help you feel like you're more in control of your closet and what you're selling. And over time, you may even notice you have to send less offers to get a sale. It's a it's a consistency thing. I know y'all are rolling your eyes. You're tired of me saying consistency, but it's just my word. It's my word for the year. And I don't know, it may become your word too. You never know. I hope it does. Um, <laughs> and I do think that when somebody likes an item, they're either liking it because they think it's cute 
or because they're interested in purchasing it. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people on Poshmark like items because they think it's cute, not necessarily because they want to buy. But as of now, we really have no way of knowing. I mean, you could ask. Um, and I have been experimenting with some of that. And a lot of what I'm finding is people are just liking stuff because they want to save it for later. Um, so I'm experimenting with a new strategy that I probably will tell you guys about in a few weeks. If it ends up working, if it doesn't, I'll just keep it to myself. Um, <clears throat> but either way, about 90% of my sales come from offers to likers. So personally, it it works for me. And you know, this is also why things are priced higher on Poshmark so that you can send the buyer a discount and entice them to buy. And, you know, it kind of makes me think of Hobby Lobby. They're always having some kind of 50% off sale and it's basic sales psychology. We as the consumer know that things are overpriced, but our brain also cannot pass up a sale. And so you feel better telling your husband you got everything for 50% off, even if you know it was marked up to start with. So they get us, we know we're getting got, we still got got, we still get got and just do it, whatever. (laughs) So, all right, strategy number five, bundle your potential buyer's likes and send them an offer. Now, when I first started using the bundle strategy to make sales, um, this is what I would do. Say Janie liked five items in my closet. I would go over to Janie's bundle and add all five of those things to her bundle and then send her an offer. And I would make sales that way. And so I decided to upgrade that strategy just a little bit because now I ask for permission before adding the items to their bundle and sending an offer. So I might say, hey, I see you liked five things in my closet. Did you want me to bundle those for you and send over an offer with a shipping discount? My response rate did improve once I started asking before bundling. So sometimes people will say no, um, but sometimes they'll say no, I was just saving it for later, or they'll say yes. Um, Some people do still ignore me, but not nearly as many as when I didn't ask permission before bundling. And I wrote a blog post on how to how to bundle likes. So if you have no idea how to do that, just shoot me a DM on Instagram and I will send you a link to the article. On a side note, I do know that some people prefer not to send an offer. You know, they want the buyer to make the offer so they don't lose profit, you know, when they give a shipping discount. And that's that's valid, y'all. You know, that's valid. Um, I am a business owner, so I try to think of things from my customer's perspective. You know, if I'm enticing them to buy by giving them a little bit of a discount and then taking, you know, a little bit of the shipping off that might make them more likely to buy versus if I go into their bundle and I say, you know, oh, I see you like that item. Feel free to make me an offer. Um, People are always asking what's in it for me. So I know that Poshmark fees are high and losing a little more profit by offering a shipping discount sucks too. But this is why I try to source at the bins where things are a dollar a pound or I buy from friends who are needing to clear out their closet and I usually will pay them like one to two dollars per item to let me have their clothes. And, you know, because one thing you have to keep in mind, and I just said this, but I want to say it again, your customer does not care about your profit margin. They don't care. Um, At any given time, they're thinking, I'll buy from you, but what's in it for me? Now. 
I'm not discounting the fact that you need to make a profit. We all do. We are running small businesses here. But I am saying you have to think about your sourcing and pricing strategy on the front end because it is not your customer's job to make sure you make a profit. It's yours by planning on the front end to know how you can make a profit. So, all right, strategy number six. Target follow people who follow brands similar to the ones you have in your closet. And you can do this by going to find people, my brands, selecting a brand, and then following everyone under that brand. Um, all right. I'd be interested to hear what strategies I left off this list that you use to make sales on Poshmark. I do not use all of these all the time, but if things are slow, then I'm pulling all the tools from my bag to see which will fix my slow sales problem. And my friend, don't be discouraged if you feel like you have to work harder than some people to make sales. You know, I've been on Poshmark for almost a year and I'm definitely not hitting any jaw-dropping sales numbers in my first year. For example, you know, a lot of full-time resellers that I follow sold at least a thousand items in their first year. Your girl will be sitting at about 500 items sold when my year is up. But like I said, I spent the first six months on Poshmark stumbling around in the dark, tripping over my own feet. And it is not how you start. What matters is do you stick with it for the long haul? And I'm working really, really hard to avoid burnout because reselling is one of those businesses where you can come in hot and heavy and you can fizzle out real fast. So it's really important that you find a sustainable working pace, one that you can keep up with for the long haul that won't leave you feeling miserable and burned out and like you hate everybody and everything. Okay? All right. <laughs> so let's get to my Poshmark numbers for the week of June the 10th through the 16th. I did skip a week of recording because of Father's Day. So these numbers don't include that sale, that great sales day that I had on June the 6th. This is the week after that. So total items listed is 12. Y'all, I need to step up. I need to step it up. But I, it's just a challenge with the kids at home. I'm doing what I can do. And I'm not comparing myself to people who don't have kids or the moms who do have kids and more kids than me and who are crushing it. I just, I cannot do the comparison thing. And sometimes I try and my husband's like, you need to calm down there, sister, and rein it in because you need to run your own race. Run your own race and run the mile you're in. So, listed 12, sold 14, got my active listings up to 350. Um, customer issues for the week. I did have a customer who ordered a scarf, but she said she never received it. And she went ahead and accepted it because she said it was probably her post office's fault. Um, so I could have just been like, okay, whatever. She accepted it. It's not my problem. But that's just really not how I roll. So um, I told her that she needed to open a case. If, you know, if she didn't receive it, there's no reason to accept something that you didn't receive. Um, what ended up happening is Poshmark gave her her money back and they still released my funds to me. So it, it was a pretty painless case. And if you're new, like just try the best you can not to get freaked out when a case gets opened against you. It's not the end of the world. Like, yes, it's stressful. Yes, it's frustrating. We acknowledge that, but it's not the end of the world. Try to stay professional. Don't like try not to be catty. And for the love of all that is, maybe I'm not going to say that, but for the love people, do not blast them on social media. That is the most unprofessional thing in the world that you can do. And are you an amateur or are you a business owner? Because amateurs blast people on social media when they're, quote, mad at them. Do, don't, just don't do that. 
Don't do it. Please love yourself. Don't do that. It's embarrassing for you and for all parties involved. So just don't. All right. Your book recommendation for the week. There is no book recommendation for the week. So in lieu of a book recommendation, I wanted to recommend one of my favorite TED Talks. So I first heard this TED Talk in early fall of 2015. And shortly after listening to this TED Talk, I quit my job to start my weight loss coaching business. And it was called From Fluff to Fit. Um, A little backstory on that business. I lost about 80 pounds and um, I had a blog. And so I decided to turn that blog into a business and I coached people one-on-one. I wrote the meal plans. I encouraged them in their weight loss goals. And it was just super, it was a fun business. That was one of my favorites. Um, But back to the TED Talk. It's a TED Talk by the creator of Live Your Legend. His name is Scott Dinsmore, D-I-N-S-M-O-R-E. So just Google Scott Dinsmore TED Talk um, and that TED Talk will pop up. And... I love this TED Talk so much because it perfectly summed up how I felt post-college. You know, at the time, I did have a husband who could pick up my slack in the financial department while I worked to build my coaching business. And I'm not advocating that you go out and you quit your job. Um, Like I said, the only thing that made it possible for me to do that is because I had a husband who saw how miserable working an office job was making me. And it gave me the, and he gave me the go ahead to pursue my dreams. Um, But I want you to listen to this talk and hopefully it encourages you and inspires you the way it did for me. You know, maybe it'll light a fire under you. Maybe it'll make you change some things to start moving your life in the direction you want it to go. So again, Google Scott Dinsmore TED Talk, Scott, S-C-O-T-T, Dinsmore, D-I-N-S-M-O-R-E. A really great TED Talk because I've said, you know, before and I'll say it again, maybe reselling is not the end goal for you. Maybe it's just a stop off for you. Um, So if it is just a stop off for you, this TED Talk will definitely encourage you to really like start thinking about what it is you want to do with your life. So give it a listen while you work while you work on whatever it is you're working on. Words are hard today. (laughs) All right. So one last thing before I end this episode. If you are new to Poshmark and you're feeling overwhelmed by all of the information about how to build your Poshmark business, then you might consider working with me one-on-one as your coach. I offer one-on-one coaching sessions that I really crafted to try to help you fight the overwhelm, um, especially if you're a new seller. So this service would be good for anybody who needs more one-on-one attention while they're building their Poshmark business, um, a place where you can ask questions about anything you have questions about. And honestly, I really wish that a service like this was available when I started Poshmark because I would have jumped on it. And yes, 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 everything we will discuss is likely available to you for free, either buried in the comment section of some Facebook post or at minute 12 of somebody's 45 minute YouTube video. Nothing wrong with any of those things. If you have time to go dig through all of that stuff, then do it, you know, but I, it was just frustrating for me when I started because people would say, well, just Google it or just this or just that, Um, you know, or there's a surplus of information. You don't need a coach. You just need to do research. But like I said, when I started, yes, there was a surplus of information that still required so much trial and error that I almost quit. So like I said, if you're overwhelmed, like I was, 
then you might consider working with me. Um, a coaching session with me is one hour long and it occurs via FaceTime or Zoom. And you can ask me anything about reselling or Poshmark that you're struggling through. If this sounds like a service you need, then click the link in my Instagram bio that says Poshmark Coaching and it'll take you to my website where you can read more about what that session entails. And then if it feels like it's a fit for you, then go ahead and fill out that contact form and I will contact you and we'll get your session scheduled. I've already worked with a few people and I know for each of them, they found our one-on-one -on -one sessions very, very helpful. And I just enjoy the one-on-one -on -one nature of talking back and forth with somebody. Um, we can be on social media all day and commenting on each other's stuff and responding to each other's stories, but nothing beats one-on-one -on -one human interaction. So, all right, that's it for the podcast this week. If you want to stay connected in between episodes, then be sure to follow me on Instagram at TN. And when you follow me, click the link in my bio to sign up for my Poshmark Tips newsletter, and I will send you a free copy of my seven-day Poshmark activity tracker. Don't forget, if you have questions you want answered on the podcast, then you can shoot me a DM on Instagram, and I will see you right back here next week for another episode of the Curvy Girl Resale podcast. Have a great week, guys, and remember, you can accomplish your goals as long as you don't quit. When you get tired, learn to rest, not to quit. Have a great week.